Good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah? Someone said, feel free to sing all you want this morning, Melody. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, because I'm actually going to be volunteering with the kids. So I invite you. There is a connect card in the seat back pocket in front of you to just give us maybe your email, your telephone, however you like to be communicated with and fill that out, drop that in the boxes outside, or put that directly in my hand and run the other way, whatever you like. Um, but we like to know who you are. We also love to know what we can be praying for. Uh, last week we got a ton of prayer request cards and you know they went out on the prayer uh, chain email. I have them in my hand. We are just praying for those cards. So know that you are being prayed for. Um, and that is also one of the ways we get to know each other. You know, we get to pray for each other and support each other in that. And hey, I have this going on with my family. I have this going on with my work. I have this. So please don't um, ignore, ignore those cards in front of you. As well as there is an envelope for giving. If that is something that you are able to do and if that is something that um, if you consider yourself this is your church, you believe in the mission and the vision and what is happening here, please don't forget to give. There's multiple ways to do that, and you'll see them right up there. Okay, so a couple of things happening this week. One thing specifically happening on Tuesday is that small groups are picking up in here on Tuesday. Actually, not in here, across in the other building over there. And small groups are, again, a way to plug in and get to know folks and have them get to know you. Uh, this is uh, another way to carry the sermon a little further and say, hey, what spoke to you? What spoke to you? There's specific questions there. There's specific uh, things to talk about. And our leaders do an amazing job at leading those groups. So that starts this week on Tuesday. Uh, the other thing that is happening on Wednesday is that... Um, there is a girls and guys night on Wednesday. So this Wednesday, women, student ministries, age and up, we will all gather together and we are going to do a really um, just different thing that we haven't done here. We're really going to focus on um, outreach for the year. I like to call it caring. What, what did I call it? Sharing is caring. That's what I called it. I have all different sorts of titles. I've played over it in my head and I can't settle on one, but that's the one we're going with. So um, we are going to just um, do some cards, uh, perhaps do some, make some jewelry. Uh, there's gonna be different activities going on that people, that the women are going to be able to minister to all the communities we are connected with throughout the year, okay? So I invite you to come to that. It's gonna be a great night. And the guys, on the flip side, are going to have a trivia night that night. Okay, so I have some trivia questions. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, so guys, or women too, I guess, since we're all here right now. What country has the greatest life expectancy? China. Lily. Earth. That, that qualifies. Ding, 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 ding. That is the right answer. The actual answer to that is Hong Kong. Where would you be if you were standing on the Spanish steps? Rome, Italy, okay. Um, 
What is the most common surname, last name, in the United States? Smith. Smith. Someone said Smith. I heard it. Okay, one more time, one more time. What was the name of the crime boss who was head of the feared Chicago outfit? Al Capone. Al Capone. We have some gangsters in here. Okay. Okay. So if I learned anything from Trivia Night, going with Mark and Lori Washburn the other day, they said the best way to win at trivia is have a team that expands all the generations. Okay? So we need all the generations represented in the men's night that night. So come, it'll be great fun. There's gonna be some question and answer like this, but there's also gonna be some um, games digitally, so make sure to bring your phone. Right before the guys and girls night, so just an hour before that, high school students are going to gather to brainstorm about some fun activities and maybe some Bible studies and maybe some things that they would like to do together. So if you are a high school student, if you have a high school student, please send them at 5.30 p.m. They're going to meet with Stephen and the leaders, and then we'll split off into our guys and girls night. So that is all happening on Wednesday. Uh, the other thing that we want to uh, have you mark down is on Saturday, February 3rd, so Saturday, February 3rd, which is, we're practically in February already, is uh, we are doing an all-church hike. So you're going to meet here, okay, you're going to meet here at 9 a.m., and then we're going to head off to the trail. So I am not necessarily a, well, I don't like to hike if, like, the sun is out, okay? I just don't like to which is a problem here in California. But Stephen said that it is a mild to moderate hike. So I will be going. If I fall over and faint, it's your fault, Stephen. So please come so that you can help Stephen carry me down the trail, okay? But February 3rd, mark your calendars, 9 a.m., all ages and stages included, all right? So uh, let's go on with our service gathering today. We are going to pray. Pastor Stephen is bringing the message this morning. Yeah. So we are going to pray for him, and um, let's just continue on. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being uh, just here already today, Lord. You can, feel it, you can feel your presence in the air. You can feel it in conversations with people, Lord. Lord. I just pray that no matter how we came into this place, Lord, that you, that we would feel your presence um, in such a way that we would just, uh, just feel confident and uh, calm. And Lord, would you open our ears and our hearts to hear the message that you have prepared through Stephen this morning, God. Lord, speak through Stephen, God. Uh, thank you for his calling to New Song Church. Thank you for his calling to his ministry. God, would you bless him and um, just be with him as he brings us the message this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's welcome Stephen, yeah? Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good doing good. Everyone get their cup of coffee this morning or something to wake you up? It's good. I have, a, I have a routine every morning where I, I, I wake up and I turn on the, the hot water and get my coffee going, and it, it seems to always be something that kind of centers me and calms me to, to make a nice pour-over coffee. Um, and it's a good thing to wake you up and get you going and get you here. 
If you were here last week, we started going through, we started diving into Psalm 40, which is the psalm where we kind of, where I've been told, we got the vision for New Song, where, where New Song was kind of birthed out of Psalm 40, and we jumped in to talking about the first few verses of Psalm 41 through 3. And Melody had talked about waiting and worshiping. She had talked about how sometimes we feel like we're in a pit in life, yet there's a promise from God to pull us out of that pit and to set our feet on solid ground. And at the very end, the very last verse that she talked about last week was verse three, where it says, many will see the Father, or see and fear the Lord, and put their trust in him. And so this week, we're diving into two more words, and that is trust and remember. Now, for the last two weeks, we've been doing this process of slow reading of Scripture. No matter what you come in with, no matter what is going on in the week, we, we set aside these five, six minutes to slowly read this and ask, what is God speaking to us? This practice that Melody talked about last week is called Lectio Divina, which is Latin for divine reading. And it literally just means slowing down, reading it a few times, and asking the Lord, what is he saying through it? It's less about trying to get our head necessarily in the right understanding, and it's more about letting scripture just wash over us, and it's something you could do with any passage at home, and it's really good for our spiritual health. So we're going to do that again this morning, going through Psalm 40, verses 4 and 5. So we'll read it together just a few times. The first time, I want you to read along and kind of absorb what it's saying, what is what is. David speaking through this psalm. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things that you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there would be too many to declare. I just take a minute. Now, I want us to read through this a second time, but I want you to think to yourself, what word or phrase kind of stands out, kind of is sparked to your attention, that the Holy Spirit's kind of highlighting to you? Now, you can read along. You can also close your eyes and just listen. Just don't fall asleep. Not yet. <laughs> Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Let me hear, what are some words or phrases that, that stood out or highlighted to you guys? One who trusts in the Lord 
one who trusts in the Lord. Blessed. God bless. None can compare. Too many just declare wonders. I recommend you jot down that word or put it on your phone or write it down somewhere. Now I want to read through this again and I want you to be asking yourself what or why does that word or phrase stand out to you? Asking the Holy Spirit in your mind, what is he calling you to do or what is it triggering your life? What does it relate to? Let's read it another time. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Just sit with that for a moment. I'd like to tell you guys a story that, um, that this past week, as I was thinking through this, this psalm, God kind of brought to my mind. Um, See, some years ago, I got the opportunity to travel to the Middle East, to this place called Petra in Jordan, and it's just east of Israel. Now, how many of you guys have seen Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade? Okay, good amount, good amount. Now, in that movie, um, there's a a place that they, they film, and it's called The Treasury. We have a picture of it up there. This is my friend Derby. Um... I was trying to take some, I had a camera and thought it was really cool to take a ton of pictures. Um, now this city is a city that's actually mentioned in the Bible. It's called uh, Sela in the Bible. Uh, and it's, its translation would be rock in English because it's this ancient city carved out of the rocks of, of this gorge in the desert. This is where the Edomites, in the Old Testament, the descendants of Esau lived and were, the, the nation that lived there was constantly in tension with Israel. And this is the place where God taught me something physically about trusting and remembering, um, which kind of has stuck with me to this day. See, at this time in my life, I was in a really rough place. I, um, we talked about last, last week feeling like you're in a a, a sticky pit in, in the muck and mire. And this was a time in my life where I felt very much like I was in a pit. See, I had struggled with um, depression since I was a little kid, but didn't realize it until I was in college and kind of everything came to a peak. At that time, the, the, my girlfriend at the time had broken up with me and I had put a lot into that relationship and... On the other side, I had a lot of hurt from the church I was in, and it just all felt overwhelming. I was in this time where I just didn't know how to see a way out, how to trust God. And many people would tell me, just trust God. 
That's all they would say. Just, just trust, put your trust in God. And I was like, this isn't helpful. It's not helpful just to say trust God. Sometimes it's like everything you see is, is too much. And so I decided to kind of set my eyes on something. I set my eyes to traveling to Israel. We traveled to, to Egypt, Jordan, and Israel. And after traveling through Egypt, we went to the, the, the nation of Jordan. And on this particular day, it was very, very hot. It was around 100 degrees. And the only cool place in this desert was a mile-long gorge at the very entrance. Now, I was with a group from Life Pacific from my school. So our professor was with us, and we, we, we all, all our students were going together to, to look at the city, to study it, to see all these really cool things in, in, in Jordan, in Petra. And we had a great time um, exploring the city of Petra. I think I have a picture of me. There's me in, in the city, and inside each of those crevices were holes where people would live and, and work and blacksmiths and people farming. Like, everything was in these rocks of this old city. So we had traveled, um, or we, we had been exploring this whole time, and uh, one thing that morning that the professor told us was that around the city of Petra, there was a ton of hikes, a ton of trails. Now, if there's one thing anybody can know about me, it's that I love hiking. I try to hike in every country I go to if I, if I can help it and find something to hike. And so I was so excited. I was like, there's hikes that I get to do after lunch during our free time. And I was excited. I got some friends to say, hey, they'll go with me. It was great until lunchtime came. When lunch came, the professor also casually mentioned, hey, just to let you know, there's also a pool back at the hotel. <laughs> and all the friends that I really thought were down to go hiking with me all, uh, hey, we're going to go to the pool. It's 100 degrees out here, which makes sense. No, no, no harm. It totally makes sense. But me, being the uh, stubborn person sometimes that I am, decided, hey, you know what? I'm still going to go hiking by myself, 100 degrees, in the desert. This is going to be great, right? Um, so I, I set out. I started an 800-step climb up this trail that just led up through the desert. And honestly, I had the most amazing time, including, like, I, I got to see great sights. I got to kind of interact with some of the locals. I mean, I didn't speak the language, so it's very rough. Um, I got to see this beautiful ancient temple, which I thought was even more gorgeous than the treasury that everyone talks about. And I was having the best time. The one thing I didn't anticipate was how quickly I would go through water and how little money I actually had on me because I didn't think about it, to be honest. My parents always taught me, only bring what you need. So it's like, okay, well, I don't want to spend too much money at the shop, so I'll only bring a little bit. I thought I would be fine, but as I kept going, I was not, I was not fine. I, I started running out of water. And there were shops. There were shops like this that you could buy water at, but it was honestly very expensive because it's hot and they want to try to get your money. So it was like $10 of water, even more expensive than Disneyland. So I got like one or two, but I kept running out of water and I kept feeling worse and worse. And as I kept hiking, the rocks all started to look the same. I started feeling faint. I even felt like I started seeing things because I would say hi to somebody and I was like, wait, they, they're not there. Okay. 
Um, and so I literally got lost in these trails in the desert of a foreign country. And I remember just feeling this, this feeling like, oh, so my mental state of feeling dried up, lost, is now my actual reality. I'm lost in the desert. And what was interesting is in that time, I started thinking about all the stories in the Bible and started thinking about, you know, in the same atmosphere, the, the Israelites in the Old Testament, they wandered in the desert. And when they needed water, God gave them water. And I was like, if the God that can do that, he can get me out of the situation I just found myself in, that I got myself in. And so I started, I kept walking and I was praying and I kept thinking, you know, the God who split the Red Sea could do something. The God who made blind men see, like he can do anything. And sadly, no rock opened up with water. But sooner or later, I actually found a trail I recognized. I found the direction I was supposed to go. And I remember being so, for hours, I was so faint, so tired and, and kind of a little hallucinating that I could just kept thinking of these stories and just like put one foot in front of another. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I actually made my way back to the hotel. I got a glass of water. I think I did like 15 miles of hiking that day in the hot. I was it's ridiculous. Got a glass of water, enjoyed some time in the pool. But that story really sticks with me because God taught me a lot about trusting him more deeply. As we move to looking at this psalm and talking about trusting and remembering, David is the one who wrote this psalm. David is, is telling us out of his own experience. He's not one that didn't go through anything hard. He actually, he was in exile many times in his life. He was taken, um, well, not taken captive, but he was being followed by many people, including his own sons, even having some of his sons die and crying out to the Lord for do something. And David's the one who tells us, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Now, it doesn't tell us what kind of blessing. And it's not saying your problems go away, but it is making some, some declaration in David's full conviction that blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord as different than the one who does not trust in the Lord. That the one who trusts in the Lord lives a blessed life, coming from someone who actually had kind of a hard life. And then David goes into describing two things. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud. And he's kind of starting to define what it means to trust in the Lord. Now this word for, for proud is actually the Hebrew word uh, rahab, or rahab, which actually meant pride or arrogance, but also was a nickname for Egypt. It was used in Isaiah as a, as a nickname for Egypt because Egypt was known for being prideful, being arrogant, for being this great, powerful nation that represented uh, wealth and a superpower and security, but also was a nation that enslaved Israel for 400 years. And we talked to, Melody talked a little bit last week about how God redeemed Israel, how he pulled them out and the Red Sea split in half. God did these miracles before their very eyes. And you know what Israel's response was? Not even two months after they were out of slavery, 
In Exodus 16.3, it says that they, they spoke to Moses saying, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around on pots and ate meat, ate the, all the food we wanted, but you brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. They had just seen God literally do these giant miracles in front of their eyes, and two months later, they forget about it. And I think in this, don't look to the proud, there's a few temptations that David is telling us when we're, when we're in a place where we have an opportunity to trust God or to not. And one of them is to not turn back. To not turn back to the past, to have these kind of rosy glasses about how things were in a time where maybe we felt some kind of security, some kind of comfort, but at that time, maybe we hadn't learned the things we had learned now. Maybe we, we were still somewhat enslaved in some other way, like the Israelites were, but all they looked back to is to say, we had meat, we had food. Another temptation in looking at this don't look to the proud could be to look to those who have it all together. Egypt looked like they had it all together. They had the wealth, they had the power. Heck, they had extra wealth. They built things like they did all of this, and they look like they have it together. And I think David's also warning us, don't look to the proud. Don't look to those who have it all together and do that more than trusting in God. The last temptation, I think, here in the look to the proud could be to look in. To become proud ourselves and to think when we're going through something tough that we don't need help. That we don't need to admit when we need God in our lives and we just look in. I've had many friends where they just get very prideful. I'm going through this, but I won't tell anybody. I won't commit it to God. I'm just going to leave it alone because I can do it. The next part of the verse, David continues to tell us, with this, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, who does not turn aside to false gods. Other translations say, turn aside to lies. See, the nations around Israel had a God for everything. They had idols for war. They had, they had idols for fertility. They had idols for harvest. Anything they could worry about, they made an idol that they could put in their house so that they could pray to it. And it's like, hey, like, the Israelites start to see this and they start thinking, hey, if God's not answering our prayers, maybe we can take some control of our own and, and pray to these other gods. One of Israel's biggest sins within the Old Testament is that they were constantly turning away and turning to other gods when they felt like God wasn't meeting up to their expectations. Sometimes we, we have this sense of we need control, we need security, and it feels like when we're trying to trust God and he doesn't match up that Maybe if we take it in our own hands. Maybe if we, we look to other things to meet our sense of security. Now, we don't have little idols and gods that we put in our house. But we have this temptation that David's warning of us to not turn aside. To not turn aside from, from God, trusting God, and turn aside to things that could become idols in our life, like money, or relationships, or power, or your job, or, or, or even family sometimes. Now, all these things aren't bad things, but they, they make us beg the question to evaluate in ourselves, are those things more important 
than God in our lives. Looking back in my own story, I can see where I put more trust into a relationship than I did put trust into the God who's done everything for me. See, that time where I was in the desert, God taught me something really valuable about trust. Telling someone to trust, just trust in God doesn't always get too far, but to tell someone to remember what God's done for you to remember what God's done is one of the greatest tools that we have to build our trust. After this, this verse, um, David, after talking about the, the one who, who um, trusts in God and describing it a little bit, he goes into talking about the wonders of God. He says, many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things that you have planned for us. If we look back to the story of Israel, Israel was brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. God split the sea. He sent plagues like he did miracles before their very eyes. And after that, when they're wandering in the wilderness, God, when he would show up and when he would speak to them, he would say, I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery? He would tell them of his wonders, and more than that, with telling of the law and things like that, he would tell them, keep remembering. He would tell them to tell their kids what I have done, to, to even set aside a day, the Sabbath, just to remember all the things God has done. There was something powerful that God was trying to tell Israel about remembering. If you remember everything I've done. And there was great warnings against forgetting. See, when Israel forgot, that's when they started seeking idols, chasing after lies, doing everything the other nations were doing. And that's when they ended up not trusting God. And many times their situations began to get worse and worse, and they would end up in a place like I was where I was like, how did I get here? See, it's a perspective change. Remembering is less about your situation and it's more about who God is and what God has done. God has done so many things and maybe you're in here and you can think of a hundred things that God's done in your life, how he's moved mountains, how you've seen God work. And that's amazing. It's amazing to remember these things, to have personal testimonies, and I encourage you to share those with people because they could build faith in others. But maybe you're also in here and you don't feel like God has done much in your life. Maybe you don't have these stories to go back to. Maybe you don't know where to start. And this is where the most powerful thing happens when we see how God has moved in other people's lives. It's like, almost like we borrow trust from someone else when we hear a story of how God acted. It's like we hear, it's like almost like a, a, a resume of how God has worked in other people's lives. And this is where we see the greatest resume in all the world is, is, is what we find in Scripture. See, God has been moving all throughout all of history God has moved all throughout doing powerful things, and, and the Bible includes things 
Like the same God that split the sea, brought water from rocks, opened the eyes of blind, healed diseases, and thousands of more things is the same God that we have today. On top of that, God never stops working through us, through our stories. So sharing a story to someone who needs some faith is, could be more powerful than just telling someone, trust God. This is why it makes sense when David says in the very last part of verse 5, none can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of all your deeds, they would be too many to declare. I'm sure if we told all of our stories, they would be too many for the time that we have. This is where we trust and remember, and remembering helps us trust. And as we trust, we get more stories to remember, and it's this cycle of building a relationship with God. As you walk with God, as you continue to grow with God, he might bring you to more challenging places where you have more stories to tell of how to trust him. And in the end, like David said, blessed is the one who trusts in God. See, the most important thing that we can remember in all of Scripture, and this is, this is my personal conviction, but I'm sure it's shared altogether, is that Jesus came that Jesus lived, that Jesus died, and Jesus rose again. That was the biggest miracle that could break the world, that could literally change death to life, that could give us meaning and purpose and empower us to live today. And just like God told him in the Old Testament to remember what I've done, remember how I brought you to Egypt, Jesus, when sitting down with his friends, to eat a meal together, in Luke 22, he said, he took bread, and we had given thanks for it. He broke it and said to them, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So there's something about remembering once again. And likewise, he took the cup and having eaten it, saying, this is the cup poured out for you is a new covenant of my blood. We're going to go into communion in a moment. But communion is so many things for so many people. And it's argued many times throughout church history. But one of the most important things is that when we come to do communion, we do this every week. There's a big part of remembering what God has done. Remembering that Jesus died on the cross. Remembering that he is what he's given us and it gives us trust in him. Melody and I will be up here. And I invite you to come get communion um, and take it back to your seats. And then we will, we will take communion all together. Sound good? You know, sometimes remembering can be really hard. Especially when we're in a pit in life, when we feel like things aren't going our way. This is one of the reasons I love that we take communion every single week. It's one of my favorite things because it's a reminder every time, a physical reminder. And some of you, sometimes you need to kind of put those physical reminders in your life 
even maybe daily. I know for me, something that I, I personally, I made a promise with God when I was younger that I would always take communion on my knees. And it was something because the physical action of getting down would remind me, remind me to surrender whatever I'm going through, whatever sin is in my life, whatever hard things is, that God's working through it all. To, to remember what these mean. It's not magic, it's not super something. I mean, I guess it could be, whatever God does in it. But we take the bread, hold up the bread. It's to remind us that Jesus physically came, he lived, he died, so that you and I could have a life in him. Let's take the bread. And the juice, the, the wine, whatever we go through, whatever we, we're using, is, is a reminder that, that what he did, how he died on the cross and rose again, that not just changes us, but it, it cleanses us from all, any sin in our life, any hard things, any struggles we have, any areas of disobedience, or any areas that we just kind of lost it. To realize we have no shame, no condemnation, because we're in Christ Jesus. Let's take the juice together. Let me pray for us. Dear God, thank you. Thank you that you came, that you died, that you rose again. Lord, I thank you that we can trust you, that your resume is miles long with everything you have done, whether you've done it in our lives or the lives of others or through scripture. And I thank you that as we remember, you build our trust. Lord, I pray for anyone in here who's struggling to trust that you would remind them this week of the ways that you have been moving. Let them see the world a little bit differently and have a better perspective on your hands in their present and in the future. The wonders that you've planned for us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go into a time of worship.